What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 2023 college football season. That's right, week zero is here. And I'm Dave Gleckner, and that's Joel Draftmaster Flex, who took down what? A big one last year, right, Joel? I did. I actually, not to toot my own horn, but I did take down the biggest prize in the, of the DFS season for college football last season. And I remember talking to him before that week. He said, I'm going all in. I got this great yeah, feeling. Yeah. And what that is, is we try and give you that great feeling every week here as we break down every single DFS slate going forward here until the bowl season. And we're going to get started tonight. But before we do, let's do a quick intro. Awesome, awesome. So, Joe, are you pumped? Because I'm pumped. I know the games aren't sexy tomorrow, but there's some value hiding in the weeds that I can't wait to jump on. Yeah, you know, week zero is also always really interesting because it's the first week. Like, at some level, we have to take some guesses, right? We're not exactly sure who the number two or number three guy on some teams. We should have an idea of who we're going to get the most volume. We can target them, but it's going to be fun. Listen, the college football is back. Being able to play some of these guys in some of these games, a five-game slate is always exciting. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but it's definitely different week one than it's going to be week four and five when we have some more information on these teams. Yeah, and to that, I think some of the strategies I have, and you might be similar going in, look at the totals. When we get into the five-game slate tomorrow, you're going to see three totals that are a little higher than all others and one that just pops out. Two that are really low. So really, if you want to live somewhere, you're probably going to want to live in those more high-scoring games. You know, simply put, look at what Vegas is rolling out there, and um, it probably will help you at least where to start and then where to move. For sure, for sure. And that's, that's always the case, right? Like, especially in college football, you win by mailing the game that gets into the 40s or 50s and being overloaded on that game. So, you know, be strategic. If you overload yourself on a low-scoring game, I mean, I guess if it becomes high-scoring, you win. But I think the the way to win, especially tomorrow, is nail the right game, find the one that's going to be super high-scoring. You get that right, you'll have the keys to, to a big day. Yeah, Avant, it is a Coastal Carolina shirt. I had to bring out the Chanticleers. Jamie Colwell's team back in the COVID season really uh, propelled my love for that university. So, uh, you know, I even got the hat. We went down there this year. So, yes, I, I had to find something, and I just felt this is good mojo. I love it. Who are they Are they playing? Who are they playing? No, they don't have anybody this weekend. Cool. But, um, you know, I was just looking for, you know, something to give us the good mojo to start. So, I mean, it's the second weekend when they play, and then all those big games like Penn State, West Virginia, LSU, Florida State. And we'll, we'll be sure to break those. But I guess the biggest, you want to start with the five-game slate? Let's do it. Let's go into the five-game slate. Um, it starts at seven, but that's the main slate. So, for DFS purposes, those are probably going to be the main – teams that we're looking at and then what do you want to do maybe at the end we'll go through a quick uh look at the two early slates as well does that sound yeah, good i like it i like it and we'll even drop a couple bets this year as we go through these games so really excited to get this going and the first one we got up there it's not pretty <laughs> can you see my screen now all right we're on yeah here we go umass new mexico state um umass coming in one in eleven Last season, New Mexico State, very surprising under Jerry Kill, uh, won a bowl game, seven and six. Uh, I think they beat Bowling Green in that bowl game. Um, you know, he turns teams around because they had like four or five wins over like two or three years until he got there. 
formerly Minnesota. So, you know, definitely the better side here. But um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, which way we want to go here. I think there's a player two in here, but I don't want to get deeper than probably two players out of this game. I'll make a, a point here. A guy I find interesting, and I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say it because there's no chance I'm getting his name right. Just absolutely no chance. Um, I'll just point so we can all see Famicom. He's been yeah. a backup for a while. We know who he is. He's always been looked at as a good backup. He's finally getting a full-time role. I mean, they're definitely the worst team, but he's a talented kid. And so at 4,800, 4, to get a kid who's we know is talented, um, I think he's just so cheap. He might be able to run one or two in, throw for one. He can get there at that price. So he's on my radar for sure. Yeah, I don't hate it. I know his numbers aren't pretty, 45% completion percentage, you know, four interceptions to one touchdown over his career. But it's been in mop-up duty, right? So don't really, like, hang your head there. I'm with you. Famicom, they – listen, they said he, – he was in Georgia Tech last season. And they said, this is the guy we need. And they're just going to – he's going to have – can make every mistake he wants. And they're just going to let him roll out there. And what they did is they actually surrounded him with a little bit of speed. Uh, I think they brought in 13 transfers, three on the receiver side. So I, I'm with you. I think you could get a little bit of value with Famicom tomorrow, especially at that price. Exactly. He's so cheap that he doesn't have to be great. If he's decent at that price, that's a win. Um, well, look at the running backs, too, here. Are you looking at, are you interested in either New Mexico State or UMass running backs? A little bit of star Thomas. Uh, what I like about New Mexico State, Jerry Kill does everywhere he goes. He builds the offensive line. Uh, they're returning three starters on the offensive line. So um, I could see some value with Thomas. He actually averaged about five yards of carry last year. But even more importantly, he had a 12 catches for 151 yards and five TDs in the past game. So seems like a guy. He's a bowling ball. Dude, he, he's built like a truck. Um, and I think versus a team like UMass, who was 102nd in rush D EPA, I, I like Star Thomas a little bit. I'm with you. I, I'm with Star Thomas. I think he's the better play here. I mean, Lynch Adams, I, I guess, is playable. We don't. The Jumas team could be better. He's so cheap that the fact that he's the starter and he could get you up to 15, 20 carries at 4,800 could just be worth the value. But the better play of the two, I would agree, is Star Thomas. Yeah. I, and then, I mean, from any other place, I, I don't love anything receiver-wise. I don't know about you. I just don't think these teams throw the ball enough. I mean, I did like Diego Pava from the QB perspective last year, but he's more of a runner, right? You know, if he lights anything up, it's the Cordell Davis, but I'm not in love with anything. Maybe George Johnson at 3,700 on the UMass side. He's a former Michigan recruit, so maybe him. I'm with you here. I don't love this these receiving years. I just – realistically, neither one of these offenses are going to be super explosive. So if one of these receivers hits, it's probably because they have a big play. And it's okay because they're pretty cheap. They are not expensive. So if you want to take a shot on one, they get a play play, I'm fine with it. If it's like your last guy that you can fit in. But for the most part, I won't be heavily targeting these pass catchers anymore. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's take a look over. Let's move over to this Ohio-San Diego State game. I'm still thinking – there's probably two or three other games I prefer to this one. So it's going to be a back burner game, but there are a few guys I think you can play. So we'll start with you. We'll start with quarterback. Who are you looking at here? Yeah, I'll be honest. Like I'm with you that maybe I like some other games, but I think this one could be sneaky. Uh, Ohio's bringing back a lot of returning, you know, starters and guys that had heavy production. They're bringing back the number one QB running back and receiver from their team. And San Diego state lost some defensive talent, lost their top three tacklers, so 
it could get sneaky. And and I'm looking and focused on the higher side. I like Curtis Rourke. I really do. He tore his ACL late in that MAC uh, championship game. But, man, 70% completion rate. You know, he's a guy that even had some good rushing totals, too. He, he rushed for five TDs, four TDs last year, threw for 25. So, I do like him. I don't like San Diego's quarterback, Jalen Maiden. He's a former defensive back. And, I I mean, last year, 10 TDs, 12 interceptions. It was ugly. I'm with you. I, I don't really love – San Diego State's offense is never very explosive. They're usually a defensive team that slows it down. So, um, if, if the San Diego State quarterback gets there, it's usually on the ground more often than yep. not. I probably think we can do – I can think we can do better than Maiden. But I think he made some good points about Rourke. Rourke's a guy that you heard of, right? Like, he's a guy you remember from last year. He's had some good games. He's a ton of experience. You know he can have success in this league. I don't – in this atmosphere – um, I don't love the matchup of San Diego State yep. against him, but um, at fifty five hundred as a good player, I mean it, it's not a lot. Of, it's not a high price tag, so you can certainly get there. No, I, I agree. From a running back perspective, it's interesting because that's where I, you know, we love Ben Gore last year. He was great um, coming in thirteen hundred yards, fifteen TDs, and twenty two. But that's where I'm a little worried about using a running back against San Diego State. I'm a little more confident maybe using the passing game. Um, Van Gore is good, but I don't think I have enough confidence for San Diego State to roll him out tomorrow. What about you? I agree. I mean, listen, Van Gore is the best player maybe on the field. Um, he's the guy we know. But I agree, it's not a good matchup. This is where San Diego typically thrives. I mean, it's a new year. There, there definitely are some unknowns because you know of the talent. I'm okay with you getting a share or two of Van Gore. It's not like it's an unplayable matchup. But um, he probably won't be the guy I'm targeting because – of San Diego State's, you know, history of, of being pretty stiff against the run. Yeah, it's that seventy two hundred price tag too. That that's kind of like I love Bangor, but I just don't see, you know, maybe a high teens, low twenty output. But I mean, I don't think he's going to break the slate. Agreed, agreed. Um, and we'll look at the receiver. Are any of these receivers on your radar? Sam Wigloose is always on my radar. I mean, he's just a magnet for the ball. Eight hundred seventy seven yards, eleven TDs last year. And I'll tell you, even on the other side of the ball. As much as I don't love Aiden at quarterback, um, San Diego State, I think, is going to be able to use their tight end a lot more this year. Mark Redmond's on the, you know, John Mackey list already, watch list. He didn't have a huge year, but he's a big target, transfer from Washington two years ago. I think this might be the year he finally breaks out, and he's super, super cheap. And I know, if I know anything, learn anything from you, you're the tight end master. That's true. And I like the call because if, if there is a case where we're right and let's say work has a big day, this becomes more of a high scoring game than you think. I think he makes it to probably a guy that has a big game and at 3,500. That's a great spot to, to hit a blast at under 4K and have a high upside, cheap kind of receiver that, that can get there. So I think that play makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and simply, Ohio was six worth past defense last year. I, again, I don't love the quarterback, but there's a receiver out there that could break out. I, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Redmond on San Diego State. I'm pretty aligned with you on this one. I think I think that's a really nice, sneaky way to get cheap and save salary with some upside. And Wigloos is a guy who we've seen have some really big upside. And so I was just probably the best player. And the preferred way to attack this defense typically, I think Wigloos does, is an interesting way to spend up at receiver and be a little bit different this week. I, I agree. All right, now let's look over. There's some definitely new faces to look at here in Vanderbilt. Team, um, are there in your radar? Do you like what you see from Vanderbilt, or are you going to wait and see approach? 
I know I like it. I mean, this is one game I remember vividly from last year. They won 63 to 10 versus Hawaii out in Hawaii. And re- the reason I remember it, I was on Hawaii. So um, I could go to bed early that night because that game was over pretty quick. But um, I won't make the same mistake twice. This one comes inland now, and they're going to play down in Tennessee. And I, I think, like you said, there's been some changing of the guard in Vanderbilt. Uh, definitely working on a new quarterback in Swan. Uh, I do like him tomorrow. He's very expensive. Fact of the matter is, Caleb Williams is going to be great tomorrow. But he's going to be 60 50% owned, right? So where do you get different? Swan's one of my differences. You know, Fomacon, we talked about earlier, Rourke possibly. I think Swan could be. Hawaii hasn't fixed anything on D. I think it's a really fair point. Let's not forget. I mean, last we've seen in Hawaii, they're atrocious on defense. I mean, really bad. Like, <laughs> so it's definitely not out of the question for Swan to go off. I mean, just because Hawaii is so bad, like they might not even end up being that good, but this could be a week they still have one of their best weeks because we I haven't seen Hawaii be good on defense in some time. So um, I don't think, to your point, I don't think Swan is going to have the highest ownership because a major, everyone's going to flock to, to William. So yep. Swan might go probably under-owned comparatively. It could be a uh, – I mean, listen, I don't – Yvonne's fair. I don't love Swan. I'm not sitting here saying Swan's the play. He's great. I'm just saying he has enough upside to be a guy who can have a big day against Hawaii. Yeah, and and you're so right. He's so inconsistent. Um, he had a couple like breakout games, and then he put up a single digit game last year. So fair point. But it's Hawaii. Now, what scares me and probably scares you and Yvonne as well, and all others out there. 8,500 is quite a bit for a quarterback that could throw up a dud. Um, yeah. But it's just Hawaii, and I can't get over how bad they are defensively and especially coming all the way this way uh it's a, it's a big travel day for them where swan makes it where swan hits the scenario this works is if you play swan and williams i really think williams is almost a must play at this point um, yeah and then you know all of those mid 7k kind of receivers and running backs miss and you kind of just go all low tier in position players and hit on the two quarterbacks that could be a different build that that could work I love it. I can't wait to get to USC and get your perspective. Because I agree. I Even though, don't be scared of the 50, 60%, you know, ownership that we could see. Because, you know, and we'll talk about that soon. But in this game, I mean, it is one of the higher totals on the board. I think they're 57. Um, but I think it's going to be heavy Vanderbilt here. So you might, you know, I think they're going to attack a little bit more on the ground. So I, I like the Vanderbilt running game. The problem with that is it's inexperienced. So really, who's going to get the majority of the carries? It, it's going to be a coin flip here, I think. And, and I also think there's a high likelihood that even end up sharing the load and maybe no guy gets more than 15, which could handicap the upside you get. So um, there's plenty of upside by taking a shot on one of these Vanderbilt guys. I just don't think you're locked into a guy getting majority of the carries, which makes it a hard – it's more of a guessing game at this point. And, and it does, but that's where GPPs get interesting, right? If you guess right – you're going to be way ahead of the curve here. I, I don't know which way I go. I mean, Gillespie got hurt early last season at 25 carries in the first three games. So it was getting somewhere near do- double digits. But um, that's probably where I take more of a shot there. Um, I think he's got more of the pop and upside. But Patrick Smith is – I mean, he's the higher-valued player. But, I, I mean, he was barely three yards of carry last year. I Actually, under three yards of carry. So, if anything, I lean towards Gillespie in this game. Yeah, I don't know. Um, If I knew who the starter was, I would feel better about it. I mean, I think think it's between Gillespie and Smith and Gillespie's the cheaper option, so I think he's the best play. 
But I'm not even sure. Did they even announce which one of the three is going to be the starter, or is it still just all three will play? It's all three will play. It's all I've heard so far. I'm doing a bunch of looks down at Vanderbilt's, you know, local news and nothing that you can really discern so far. Yeah. So I think to your point, there's upside for me. I, I don't have a flag. Just I think yeah. Chuck, if you had to pick one, it's fair enough. But you can play any, any of the three. But um, what's interesting, I still think. Playing Vanderbilt's run game is safer than playing their pass game because the inconsistencies we talked about um, with Swan. So I, I like the run game a little more in this one. Did you give me an idea? Maybe one of my lines, I'll, I might just play two of them. Maybe yeah. play the pass game and think that Hawaii gets killed on the ground. It's, it's part of the part of the possibilities as well. Well, if you want to, you know, something last year, Vanderbilt had 404 rushing yards in this game. So there you go. That could have me. You just go full running game. Um, and then the receiver level, you know, I'm actually okay with these two, especially if you're going to play Swan. McGowan and Shepard are playable to me. They are. They got Skinner ahead. I guess Skinner's in the mix too. I know more about Shepard and McGowan. I think they're both playable. Then neither one's breaking the bank. And I think there's a lot, definitely an opportunity to score points. How about you? I agree. I think Shepard's the the steady one that we know. And 5K is not a bad price for a guy that averaged, you know, 16 points a game last year, was able to put nine TDs on the board, averaged over 60 yards receiving in a game. So I, I feel more comfortable playing Shepard tomorrow. That's fair. I'm with you, especially at the better price. Um, all right. Let's take a peek here at this USC San Diego State game. This is the main event. This is the one that we're going to be targeting. <clears throat> And as we started to mention earlier, you can't get away from Caleb Williams. I mean, let's I, be real. Let's I, I agree. It. I agree. And as much as we want to get different in the slate, when the slate's only five games, you're okay riding one of the biggest trains, right? And you're okay getting that part right. It's get the rest right, too, off the script from everyone else. So I think he's almost an autoplay. I think he's, for me, you know, depending how many lineups I put in 20, 30, he's probably 75, 80%. Especially in a five-game slate where it's just—it's so unlikely that there's enough guys that score enough points to outpace what you know his floor is. Yeah, that it's worth paying up for. So I'm with you. I'm going to be overweight to the field. So if, the, if we're projecting fifty percent, I'm going to with you. I'm going to get the eighty or up just to make sure that that's an advantage to me. I agree, and I, I guess the biggest concern in this game—it's a thirty and a half point spread—is does he play late? But that doesn't matter. He can throw five or six touchdowns by half, so I wouldn't—that wouldn't concern me. Um, I, I think slate when we know the offense is going to happen, you'll see scoring forty-five plus points in this game, and most are going to be through the air. So I, I'm very comfortable playing him at any price and at any amount right now. And he stated that he wants to win back-to-back Heisman, so they're going to do everything they can. I would think to let him get his stats to do so. Yeah. Um, now, on the other side, are you going to be playing Cordero at all? I don't know. I mean, he's, he's – I feel like he's been there forever. I think it's six-year. Like, uh, he he was decent last year, right? I mean, he threw over yeah. 3,000 yards, had 20-plus touchdowns. Um, USC's defense was terrible, just flat-out terrible. And yeah. he's in the 6K range, so – it's not a bad area to get into the run back scenario, especially if you think they're going to be down, which we know with a 30 and a half point spread. Um, I could see myself playing a run back scenario with both Williams and Cordero as my QBs in, in several lineups. I'm with you. I think it's my preferred play. Now, the, the thing to consider is 
Cordero had like a really, really great receiving core last year, and it's not going to be as good this year. So that is a downgrade. He doesn't have the same pass catchers. But to your point, he's experienced. He's a good player. Give a guy with as much experience as him and a good player in a game script where the other team is going to score a lot, and he's just coming back, and they're probably going to be playing a softer defense when the game gets out of hand. He's going to have an opportunity to get there, especially at 6,300. Um, I just love the pace, the game script, the experienced player. It's an environment where you know they might lose 48-28, which would be great for 28 points. Like that's enough. If he scores three touchdowns, like 6,300, I think I think he's a good play. Yeah, and I mean, he returns four of his offensive line starters, so there's some continuity there, even though he lost his receivers. So if they can just give him a little bit of time against this USC defense, he's going to have opportunities. And, I mean, he can run the ball a little bit too. So, um, yeah, I, I like him. I don't, He's near my second favorite quarterback, if not, you know, solid second favorite quarterback on the board this weekend. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. What about the running game? Um, we know USC – likes to throw the ball. We also know that they will probably have multiple backs in the game. Yep. Does that dilution kind of make it tough to play these guys? It does. It does. I think we can well, I think we can maybe nail down there. Marshawn Lloyd coming over from South Carolina, really probably the the eye that everybody wants to see, you know, big, big, fast runner. But, you know, he's priced up right there with Jones, and Jones had some really good year last year, right? Um, so it's tough for me to maybe dial in either of them right now to your point that it could be a shared backfield. So if they were in the fives, they were in the sixes, I might take a shot on one. I'm not sure I might use either right now, not knowing their roles. I'm with you. I think the price. Known, and at that price, was it, is it possible one of these guys is a big day? Of course, right? They're, they're the much better team. They're, the game script's right, but, um, the split carries, there's a lot of dilution here. The game gets out of hand, they don't play. There's factors that can definitely take me off of them. Maybe I'll sprinkle one or two in a lineup here or there, but for the most part, these guys, this backfield will not be the one that I'm overly targeting. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, from the San Diego State side, I'm not in love with any, even even though, again, uh, San Diego, San Jose State. Um, you know, Robinson was decent last year, but Conley's there, and it's just a – it's a backfield I'm not comfortable with that much. I mean, Conley's fairly priced, but I just don't know. I think they're going to be down so much that it could be a passing game. I mean, it's and I think that's it's another thing. Thing it's 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 tough when you know two guys are going to play like that uncertain number of of looks. It, it kind of steers me away. These guys are cheaper and kind of similar good game script, so I could understand putting one in. And again, this is the game environment I want to be in. So I will be playing some of them because, you know, if Conley just scores, I mean, if he gets 50 yards and a score, that's enough. So awesome exposure here. But, again, it's not like I'm overly low. Yeah. And, I mean, to your point, Yvonne, yeah, we, we've seen the co-star label. That, that's the scariest point with Lloyd and Jones. I, I mean, history tells me Jones might get more of the chances just because of his role in the team last year. But I'll wait and see. It's a wait-and-see mode for the USC running game. But I'm interested, Joel, would, if out of Conley – and um, their other running back there, Robinson. Which one would you lean more on? You know, it's interesting. Robinson for me, um, you know, I want to say you can play him almost as a receiver, but now that I'm looking at it, I don't know. It's the three catches, probably not. I think I'm going to go Conley. I think Conley has the touchdown upside, which and the price. So I, I think that's where I, I would I would lean. Yeah, and the thousand dollar discount, which is going to be yeah. big if you're trying to get in the USC game, right? If you're going to be trying to get some of the USC passing game. 
You're going to need a discount somewhere. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Conley's 4900 you can afford that. And then if you look at the receivers here, you know, we'll start with USC because, you know, that's the team we're targeting. They have four guys you could play, really. <laughs> you can play four of them. So, um, you know, Singer's probably the guy. That's probably the number one target. You're going to play the most for him. I think my number two guy is Rice. You get to save some here at 6,200. I mean, Rice had that huge game to end the season last year. It wasn't as consistent. But it seems like he's the guy that's stepping up. But, I mean, Williams and Washington are both in play, too. So, I think, you know, I'm even okay playing two USC receivers if you need to, especially for playing with Williams. But I'm definitely going to pair one with Williams for sure. Yeah, I like Singer. I know he's the transfer from Arizona, um, but he's definitely, I think, the most talented of all that. And, and they have talent. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking anyone. Washington's talented. Rice, like you said, um, there's even some talk out there about Hudson too. You know, a lower, lower potential option being one of the starters for the team. So at four thousand, my mix goes pretty much with you, except I, I'm going to mix in some Hudson here and there. Um, had you know nothing eye-opening um, from a standpoint of he had a good last game with four receptions, 33 yards and a touch. But I think it's a chance for him to really take some reins of this offense. And, um, you know, being with Caleb for another season, I think Hudson could be a sneaky play. But, again, I, I do think, you know, for the most part, I like Singer the best. At 4K, I like it. I mean, listen, yeah. And there's certainly going to be upside on this offense if they're going to score. Um on the other side of the ball, I like Mazzotti. Mazzotti's their tight end on, on San Jose State. He's their best player. I mean, he's going to catch balls. He's got he's had some big games last year at 4,700. He's he's gettable here. So um, I'll definitely be, be probably playing the most of Mazzotti, but you can mix and match some of these other guys, these other pass catchers here for San Jose State as well. Yeah, I love the Mazzotti play. I was waiting for that. I think it's a great play. Um, you know, he was hurt a little bit last year, but came on in the middle of the season, played really well of late and that USC pass defense, as we've said, if you get a little time, give Cordero a little bit of time back there, I think he's going to find the right targets and, and put up some yards and someone's going to catch him. And Mazzotti's probably like that guy. Like, you know, when you're getting rushed, you're getting pressured. Tight end outlets are the best uh, friend of a quarterback. So I like Mazzotti the best in that passing offense. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. One of these guys, I think on, on San Jose is going to have a good game here. Cause yeah. they're going so much. Um, all right, let's look at this final game here, this Florida International-Louisiana Tech game. Uh, this is the my second favorite game here. I think yeah. this environment's got some potential. It's the last game. I think this could be a sneaky, uh, a sneaky high-scoring game. Who are you looking at here, Dave? I mean, it's the second highest total on the board right behind, you know, our, our San Jose State and USC. And as, as we start at quarterback there, I mean, there's so many ways you can go. Both Florida International and Louisiana Tech were in the bottom 20 in defensive uh, rating last year in NCA. I lean Grayson James a little bit over Bachmeyer. I, I, I just looking at quarterback. I, I think you know there's a chance here. Louisiana Tech very very bad defensively, um, and FIU has something to prove out there. And they use him in so many different angles, but in the end. He likes to pass. He had two games over 300 yards last season. So given the opportunity, I think he could have a really big game. I'm with you. I think uh, I think either guy here, I mean, it's taking a shot, but they're both affordable. It's a good scoring environment. It looks like from what I'm seeing, Bachmeyer seems more popular. Um, yeah. 
for me, it's kind of a coin flip, I guess, because of the popularity. I might probably lean James too, because I do think it's a coin flip. Buckmore has some experience. He used to play at Boise State. He wasn't bad. That uh, was just, yeah, I know. I but how did he leave that program? Like uh, he didn't leave it well. I remember. No, I mean he they, he got kicked out. I mean not kicked out like for better. He was kicked out because he wasn't good enough anymore. He, he wasn't. Was, yeah, and they brought in that lefty that was terrible. I forget. But like from a standpoint of like he's going into an explosive offense and he has experience. Like yeah, and it's a worse kind of conference for him. Like he's going to be playing easier competition. He's someone I think could have some success this year at fifty eight hundred. Um, I mean, he's popular for a reason. I, I, you're kind of talking me into it now that I think about it. He did kind of stink. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and I'm a Boise guy. You might see me wear their stuff one day. Uh, but yeah, you're right. he's not the most explosive player. Um, yeah. But they have some weapons. I mean, remember, we used to play – I'm going to skip the receiver because we're talking about it. I used to play Smoke Harris last year a lot. I mean, he, he's a good player, Smoke Harris. He can get open. He's the guy I will be playing this week. It's like seven hundred. I think he can he can be the the receiver that breaks the slate. So, I think per, Smoke Harris is one of my favorite plays outside of that USC game. At the receiver. Yeah, and I mean, not a bad price, right? Sixty six hundred doesn't kill. Um, I think that's a good point. I also like. I um, mean, for me, I think Charvis Thornton at running back at LT is also in good play here. Uh, he averaged over five yards a carry. Um, really, really solid uh, running game here, and. Again, when we're looking at running backs on this slate, there's not a lot unless you're going to pay up for Bangor and such. So, I Thornton's probably my top three of running backs in this slate overall. So, I like Thornton on La Tech, but I smoke Harris as well. I think if you can look at – a lot of times you don't have to take a quarterback even if you take running back receiver. They can get their yards and, and, and their plays enough. Now, if you're going to take a quarterback, you're probably going to take receiver-receiver. Um, but you can get away with going running back-receiver without a quarterback. Totally true. Yeah, especially in a slate like this, like some of the more traditional rules where like you don't want to overload one team don't aren't as strict in a five game slate because if, especially if there's one high scoring game, you, you you want to be overloaded on that game. So in a slate like this, I think you you totally can do different kind of weird things like that. We're playing a running back here, the same team, stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. And then you know, from I guess from a Florida international perspective, they. You know, a lot of the receivers are new or, or at least did not get a lot of action last year. So, yeah, you got Chris Mitchell up on the screen. He's the highest value one of them all. Um, you know, to attack a Louisiana Tech team, I think Mitchell is the one to play with 5,900. He had two breakout games. But for the most part, um, he, he was injured. And then in some cases, he was even just not playing. Uh, but this year, it's his number one position. So, I 5,900, I don't hate it. Yeah, it's – it's uh. It's, he's playable. It, it's a big unknown with this receiving core. So, you know, especially if you're playing the quarterback, if you want to play a cash catcher away from him, you can take a shot. But there's a little bit of a guessing game right now. Which which receiver is going to kind of break out from the bunch? I agree. Um, before we head out of this slate, do you want to give any betting plays you like between these five games? Yeah, I'll give one. Um, I like Ohio. I think Ohio at this point is getting – you can find in different markets, plus two and a half, plus three. I'm obviously in love with the three a lot more. But I think they're winning outright. I just think with the veteran – and when I say veteran, I mean Ben Gore's a sophomore, Will Goose Jr. But um, those guys were heavily leaned on last year, and they're a good offensive team. I think they're going to surprise San Diego State. Like I said, they've lost their top three tacklers, lost their – top four uh, tacklers for losses um, during transition, three linebackers out. I mean, they're like you said, they're always built around defense and they'll find plug and plays and they'll be fine. 
Um, but more importantly, I just don't trust their offense. And I think Ohio will have enough to win outright, but I'll take the two and a half or three. So that's my bet tomorrow on that part of the slate. I like that call. I'm with you on it. I like Ohio. I think they have a more proven quarterback there too. So you have a guy you can rely on. Um, I think, you know, we'll see what the San Diego State is. Traditionally, they're good on defense, but it's a new bunch. So we'll see if they hold up. Um, the other play I like for tomorrow is FIU plus 12. Yeah. I think that's a lot of points. I think they, they're going to keep this game close. I do think that LaTeX is a better team, but I think FIU is going to keep this close. I think they're going to score some points. Give me the 12 points on, on that one. I love it. And, and you know, for betters out there, a lot of times dogs do bite early in the season as, you know, even the books are still trying to figure some of these things out. So uh, we just picked two dogs in the points. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I, I do like that play as well. you got two bad teams, right? And why not take the points in that circumstance, especially one where I think you have a decent chance for high scoring. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, before we wrap up today, there's two games earlier in the day that are interesting Especially when everyone, you know, Notre Dame is the talk of the town every week they play. Um, we'll start Our with the boy. Betting. Are you betting on either one of those games? Uh, yeah. If, if I do, you know, as of right now, um, we've seen the dogs went out in Ireland. I, I lean Navy a little bit. And the reason I lean Navy is, you know, first off, Sam Hartman coming to Notre Dame. You know, big news, obviously. People are going to get attracted to that. I think the line's somewhat inflated due to that. You know, Notre Dame's always been missing the quarterback kind of, you know, thought. And now he's there and they're going to get it right. I think it's going to take time. Um, they got a new receiving core as well. Um, it's not that easy to just come out and, and, and put up 50, 60 points, it, it, what they think Hartman's going to do. So um, I think Navy can hang in there for a little bit. And would, I think it's, a, you know, most markets, I've seen it different, but 20 and a half points. I'm, I'm good taking the midshipmen. They got new coaching staff, maybe a little bit new. Uh, I've been hearing a little bit more passing potentially for this team this season. So I'll take the midshipmen tomorrow. You know, it's interesting. I'm with you. I, I like the 20. And you know why? Navy always finds a way to keep these games close. They do. They're going to run. They're going to take the ball out of your hands. They're going to make you annoyed. This is the type of game that Navy's going to just irritate you to a cover. And so give me those 20. That's a lot of points. Give me the 20 and a half. I will say, I like Notre Dame this year. I think Harmon's going to help them. I think yeah. they're going to end up being a good team. I still think they're going to win the game. But I think Navy's going to cover the 20. Yeah, and 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 – Again, for all it is, it's just a little bit of, you know, newness for Notre Dame. And, and especially, you know, for everything on offense just being totally changed over. Because last year they were a very conservative team. You, me and you, both playing the running backs many yeah. weeks. Um, I think it's going to be more of a high-wire act. And it's going to take a little time to just, you know, settle in and get used to. So it's not a knock against Notre Dame. It's just I think it's going to take time. Do I do think they're going to be decent this year. I think they could finish top ten by the end of the year, too. Listen, because they're Notre Dame, if they go on a run and they're if they're like six and zero and they're beating people, they're going to be in the playoff because yeah. no one, they're going to talk. Everyone's going to talk about Notre Dame. If Notre Dame is close, they're going to get in because they're Notre Dame. And do I think they can? I do. I think this can be. I, I'm not like saying I truly think it's over. They're going to be it, but I think they can surprise people. Hartman is a good player. They have a really good line. The defense is good. I don't know if the coach is the real deal. He's got to prove himself, but. I think they have enough talent to surprise people. Yeah, and I mean, two of their toughest games, Ohio State and USC, are in Notre Dame. So that, that's a good thing. Um, they got to travel to Clemson. But really, what do we know about Clemson right now? Um, I mean, I, you know, I think they're going to be better this year for sure. 
But, um, you know, don't know by then. That's late in the season. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Notre Dame's a very solid team. And like you said, they're going to be, um, how should we say, um, favored by voters in the public if they're playing well. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll get the edge. And, but you're right. I mean, listen, you just need it. That's, they got three tough games. So they do. Nah, they can lose all three of those. And that wouldn't be that bad. I mean, those are three very, very good teams. They are. Uh, the USC one's always interesting because, you know, playing there at night, um, late in the season, you know, I love Caleb. I think he's great. But we've seen some Notre Dame wild upsets. I mean, I just looked back to the Clemson game a couple of years ago. Um, so, yeah, they could pull it off. That was Ian Book, I think, when he when he beat Clemson. But um, if they win one out of those two and they get into the – you know, playoff makes it eleven to two. It's possible playing all those tough games. Listen, it was all those games. If they win two of those, they're in. One loss in that schedule, that's that's in the that's in the that's in the playoff. I agree, and I mean, we're not even talking about at NC State, which is a trap game early in the season. Like yeah. NC State, I like this year. I mean, listen, at least uh, tomorrow's going to be fun. I'm excited to see football again. We're back. It's going to be good to play some DFS. See where we are. We'll get. We're going to learn more about these teams as the year goes on. Going to be a lot of fun, but uh, Dave, what else are we missing for tomorrow? No, I, I think we've hit the big slate, and we can't wait to you know. Look, in my opinion, play within your budget. You know, I'm definitely going to get in. Like I, I said earlier, I'm going to try and get in several lineups. You know, in the in the 20s to 30s in certain contests where I can. I think there's a max 20 at the four and three dollar slates. Like play within your budget. It's going to be tricky. It's a five game slate, but you know, I really do believe, and I think Joel does as well. You can play Caleb Williams. And then let's get a little interesting in other places. And where my interesting is going to get um, is probably in some of the early slates that are lower, you know, totals. I, I think I like the Ohio offense. And I do think, you know, we can get somewhere with a couple players from New Mexico State as well. I love it. I love it. It, it. This is a week to get different. Only five games. So ownership matters. But there's certainly opportunity to build some good lineups this week. Good luck. Let's have some fun. And I'm excited to have football back. Awesome. We'll see you next week for CFB DFS Masterminds. I'm Dave. That's Joel. We're Win Daily Sports. Hey, log on. Check out the website. Register for a week free with the code GREEN. Just get in there, see all we have, the optimizers, the models, the articles. But with that, you know, we're here to help you out. Definitely hit us up when you get that green screen and show us how you hit because we can't wait to see it and help you and us along the way. Until next week, I'm Dave. That's Joel. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.